We all wear sunglasses, so shouldn't we also wear moon glasses? Where did crabs come from? All of these questions you can find the answer to on This Paranormal Life! Hello everyone, welcome to This Paranormal Life, the comedy paranormal podcast where every week we investigate a brand new paranormal tale, claim, case, beast, story, whatever it is, and we will come to a conclusion at the end as to whether or not it's true or false. Now, you're hearing the sweet, dulcet tones of myself, Rory Powers. I've been in the paranormal industry for, well, since the day I was born. I came out of that VJJ and saw a ghost. I took out my EMF reader and I realized what I had to do with my life. (laughs) Yes, right. Rory was born on a ghost train. He was born into a family of carnies where he had to fight his way to the top, eventually running uh, kind of a tri-state area of carnivals. Uh, until eventually kind of coming around to his original calling, which was uh, the ghost, back where it all began. Granted, when I came out, uh, the figure I thought was a ghost was actually just the deathly pale doctor um, who was just ghastly at the sight of such an ill, tiny baby. Yeah, He'd never seen such a pathetic, fragile thing in his life. And he delivers babies. Because, you know, usually it's like, congratulations, it's a boy congratulations it's a girl he just looked up and said i'm so sorry your baby's bad your baby's ugly they say like every baby is beautiful you know and they smell good he said i smelled like rotten garbage wow yeah which was mean for a doctor to say so unprofessional welcome to the world i guess rory unbelievable (laughs) and then also uh i'm joined by kit as well happy to be here yeah did you have a normal family loved you i guess nuclear family front lawn two dogs Couldn't have been better, brother. Good to hear. All right, look, I don't want to dilly-dally. I don't want to beat around the bush. I want to get into some paranormal shit, okay? On this show, we've investigated a lot of haunted objects before, all right? Haunted dolls, cursed boxes, etc. And these things are relatively easy to manage because some of the time you can just get rid of them. I guess so. They're material objects and therefore can be given away, destroyed. But what if you needed your cursed object, Kit? To commute to work in the morning. Today we're investigating the Golden Eagle, the most evil car in America. Really? Yeah. Now this is a request from Brandon Gage, who sent an email into thisparanormallifepodcast.gmail.com and told us that he would like us to investigate the Golden Eagle. The most... I wasn't done. It's a full... I need the full title of the episode. The Golden Eagle, the most evil car in America. Wow. Well, thanks so much, Brandon, for sending in uh, the Golden Eagle, the most evil car in America. Yeah, which implies that there is a more evil car somewhere else. Yeah. But in America, <laughs> this is the this is the top tier. Of you don't want to know cars. about the most evil car of Turkmenistan. <laughs> <laughs> that puppy, it's barely a car. It's mostly ghoul. It's just a man making honking noises, shanking strangers in the streets. <laughs> it's more of a Jack the Ripper situation. Now, people also may know this car as Christina, as I believe it inspired a Stephen King novel and a movie by that name. Oh, this sounds somewhat familiar. Uh, have you seen that movie? I have not, no. So that's interesting. So Stephen King, mostly known for his books about fiction, he's written many, many horror novels. But you're saying that this one is actually has basis in reality. I, be- I believe so. I believe so. Well, I think he took the theme of like a haunted car and turned it into a fiction book. Oh, got it. 
but throw all the you know throw away all links between fiction and this story because this is cold hard fact. that's a lot to ask when that's the point of the podcast is to work out what's real or not but fine just don't even think about fiction think about fact okay. and cold hard sci-fi the golden eagle was the nickname for a 1946 dodge limited edition car that was originally bought to be used as a cop car for a police station based in old orchard beach maine it was bronze, orangey color, a nice ride for the time. Probably used as an undercover car because it didn't look like a traditional cop car. Mm. Uh, I actually have a picture of it right here if you want to if you want to check it out. Please do send it my way. <laughs> so this is a weird first photo to show me because the car is almost entirely hidden behind a bush, as if it's some kind of forest predator. In fact, it's nowhere near a road to begin with. You'll learn this further down the line, but it actually became pretty important that the car was hidden from strangers in plain sight. So a lot of the pictures that you'll see moving forward are the car kind of peeking out from bushes. I thought this was a cop car for for urban high-speed chases. For an undercover cop. You know where you know where cops don't go? Into the f-ing woods. So if anyone sees a car parked in the woods, they're gonna think there's like a homeless orgy going on, or maybe a sketchy drug deal. They're not gonna think a policeman is in that car. Because you see, uh, not a lot of people know, but police are like Roombas. They mostly handle flat, smooth surfaces. Yes. Uh, that they kind of patrol and sometimes hoover up. Uh, Sucking as well. up the crime street from street. That's beautiful. The problem is that they don't work on sand, right. forest water all the things that a Roomba can't handle the police cannot handle but the car was only used by this police unit for a short time because in a strange turn of events all three of the police officers who used this car died in completely unexplained murder suicides murder suicides yeah that's about as grisly as it gets Pretty much. So it was only obviously given to a very small number of policemen, actually. So just three. Only three. Three guys on patrol. I mean, when you're on your third murder-suicide, that's time to slow down (laughs) production of of this particular car. (laughs) You gotta stop and see what the consistency is here. You know, what kind of coffee were they all drinking? Um, Did they work in a certain location in the area? The the guy at the Dodge factory is like, but I mean, these guys must be, you know, living on the edge. It's like, well, what are these guys doing in their spare time? A yoga instructor? One of them runs an animal shelter? Yeah, one of them um, just like volunteers in an old folks home. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Just the car then. (laughs) Yeah, he took a lot of old people with him when he died. Now, (laughs) Now, obviously, these officers aren't detectives. They can't work out what the link is. They think it must be the car. But what do you do? You can't kill a car. You can't arrest a car. No. You can't hang a car for its crimes. Not legal. It's not. So they get rid of it. They sell it. If you think the car is the reason and you're a police officer, I think you probably should impound it and turn it into a cursed cube or something. But whatever. They got rid of it. They sold it. Did they really think it was to do with the car, though? I don't know why else they would have got ri- would have sold it. I mean, I guess on the face of it, if you're another officer and your chief calls you one morning, he's like, great news, Toby. We've got a new ride for you and your partner. Oh, that's great news. Here. Oh, yes. Oh, a beautiful 1946 Dodge Limited Edition number. Wasn't that what Joe drove? Oh, I don't think. I think Joe uh, cycled to work, actually. <laughs> what about Craig, I'm pretty sure he had that Craig. Oh no, murder mm. Craig didn't. Well, sorry, just we'll call him Craig. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he snowboarded. 
in Arizona? <laughs> well, they got rid of the car. They passed it through another owner or two, not causing any immediate harm, until it ended up in the hands of a woman named Wendy Allen. And this is when the car began its second rampage. One sunny day, Wendy was driving down the highway in the Golden Eagle with her family, enjoying a cruise in the summer heat, when all of a sudden, the steering wheel jammed, making it impossible to steer, basically turning the car into a 60-mile-an-hour battering ram. Jesus Christ. Luckily, Wendy managed to wrestle the wheel loose again and regain control just before the car could collide with anything. That's everyone's worst nightmare. It is. And this wasn't the end. The car would frequently turn out of nowhere, leading Wendy off the road, and would even randomly open its doors while she was driving, as if it was trying to throw her out of the vehicle. I mean, I think after the first incident with the whole no steering on the highway thing, uh, I don't think I'd be driving it too much longer. I'd be busting it across time. Look, Wendy got this thing obviously on the cheap. The, the the market is really low for cursed cars, all right? So we're talking maybe 150 bucks for this thing. I don't think she has the luxury to, to afford a, a higher vehicle. Wendy Allen's not driving an unhaunted Tesla down the highway, all right? She ain't driving a Model S, let's be real. No. Uh, it is, that's a tough question because there, you know, we actually come from a town, from an area where if you don't drive... You ain't getting anywhere. You ain't alive. That's what they say in the mean streets where we're from. But there's a lot of places in the world like that, not least in America, that are just piss poor public transportation. Oh, yeah. And if you're Wendy, you you know, you know the only job you can get is in a certain place. You know, you go to that police auction and you're like, do I, you know, have to quit my job because I can't afford to drive? Or do I yeah, pony up $100 and, you know, take my life into my hands and try driving this thing. Yeah, and I mean, what else is she going to do? There's maybe like a cop car that was burnt in a riot, a speedboat that w- there were a drug heist was done where they arrested like a couple guys with cocaine. She's like, oh, no, no, I'll play it safe. I'll take this gorgeous little car. Was it the, the Golden Eagle? Yeah, I'll take the Golden Eagle. Oh, the Golden Eagle. <laughs> you want to know about You want to know about its history, little lady? You know what? I don't want to know. It all began. Why are you still talking? Here's the money. Are you a cop? It's like an old man by the car, like sweeping in front of the bonnet. Ah, the golden eagle, you say. How did you get into the auction? I haven't heard that name in years. They've been auctioning it for half an hour. (laughs) If I were you, little lady, I'd stick with that pogo stick over there. Was used to bounce out of Alcatraz by, <laughs> by the head of the mob. She's like, oh, what? But it's not cursed? Oh, it's cursed. It's maybe the worst of them all. Because he bounced right out of Alcatraz and into the shark-infested waters of the bay. They say there's some sort of Sulu-level deep-sea curse on that pogo stick. <laughs> How did they even recover it? On a regular basis, the car would put Wendy and her family in life-threatening situations. But even though these situations were alarming, Wendy and her family never felt it was bad enough to straight up get rid of the car. I guess if there's like a little bit of time between each incident. However, even though it never harmed any of them, in the 1980s to the 1990s, this car was linked to the deaths of at least 14 people. This, I mean, this thing's pretty old by by this point. What year did you say this car was? Oh, God knows. I don't even think it was new when the police got it. So it was but, already a little old. Then it was in the... Did the police... Then it did a tour where a bunch of people died. Now it's 
at least 30 years, 40 Jesus years, maybe Christ. old. I think. I don't know. And it hasn't been steering for 20 of those years. There is a chance that this is just a bad car. There's more than a little bit of chance. But I guess there's just enough desperate drivers out there with no cash. Well, that's it. I mean, 14 deaths, like three deaths, fine. Seven <laughs> deaths, I think Wendy's hitting people with the car. But 14 people, that brother is paranormal. <laughs> if you are driving a vehicle that has killed 14 people and you are not touring a war zone such as Afghanistan, there's a problem. If you, if you, if your car has killed 14 people and you live in upstate New York, there's a problem. There, there is. How, are you, how is that thing passing its MOT every year? I, I don't think they have an MOT in America. I don't. I think that they're more relaxed on uh, car regulation. Now, I won't mention every death because one, that would take a long time, and two, not every death was recorded. But right, you need <laughs> start listing these things. You need evidence. But to briefly run through it, some people touched the car and were killed afterwards. On two occasions, people died in a car accident, flew out of their own cars, and landed right beside the Golden Eagle. And there's even stories more elaborate than that, but I will save those for the end because they're a bit more outlandish. Okay, but I get the picture. What we're dealing with is a little bit like the Curse of Tutankhamun, where these deaths that are linked to the curse may be tangential we're not talk we're not saying that the car repeatedly reversed over people uh time and time again but yes. rather that the people connected to ownership of this car even may have died absolutely the, the, the car itself is not coming to life and mowing people down it's not optimus prime style unfolding <laughs> like bumblebee and uh and just like punching suckers in the face exactly this is just it could be pure coincidence it could be a Decepticon that remains in car form. We don't know. Well, before long, the whole town knows about the Golden Eagle and its killing spree. Can I Can I ask, where yes. did I get the name from? The Golden Eagle? Such a patriotic name. I have no idea. I mean, it's not even golden. <laughs> it's quite orange. Yeah, by all accounts, it's yellow or something. I'm just imagining, like, at the dealership, they're like, so why do they call it the Golden Eagle? Is that because it's, like, fast or something? And they're like, honestly... Whenever we got it, there were some ancient Egyptian hieroglyphs <laughs> scratching to the bottom. A guy told me it means golden eagle. They said there's some other stuff about the end of the world, uh, the sky turning black. But um, anyway, we just call it the, the eagle for short. Yeah. <laughs> we just wanted to be on the safe side, respect uh, respect his uh, ancient uh, traditions. He said it ran on human blood, uh, but we've just been putting a uh, diesel in there and it seems to be fine. Yeah. I think the hubcaps are pyramids. It's got like, uh, what do you call those little things on the bonnet of cars? Did those come from, did that come from pirate ships? What? You know how like pirate ships had the, like the woman on the front of the pirate oh, yeah. ship? yeah. And then, that like and passed then they, down to cars? they put those little emblems on, ca on cars? Because the ship thing is actually pretty sinister, right? To like tie up a woman on the front of a pirate ship. Was it for like good luck? Or were the pirates like... <laughs> Yar, the sea wouldn't dare hurt a lady. <laughs> so they can just sail across and they're like, oh, you want to touch a woman, Poseidon? <laughs> <laughs> you want to be in my crew, you'll have to go through her. <laughs> Lightning just blows the woman to smithereens. <laughs> Turn her around, boys. Poseidon sees no gender. <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty piratey thing to do to cower behind a, sh a human shield. 
Because I don't think they were, I mean, they were pretty cool and adventurous, but they weren't very noble pirates from what I can remember historically. It was a lot of stealing and plundering and shit. I can't really assume they cared much for the uh, health and safety of women. It seems to be a super ancient practice. They're saying that the uh, the ancient Greeks and Romans put on their kind of gods on their ships. Maybe not at the very front. The Vikings would put on crazy, like aggressive looking things oh, like scare uh, to people. war off evil spirits. The Egyptians placed figures of holy birds. The ancient Greeks put on boar's heads to symbolize vision and ferocity. Wow. So it was kind of like... It was like your mascot, essentially. Yeah, It was like yeah. your halftime little furry mascot, but strapped to the front of the ship. We need like a little gray that we can strap on the front of our bikes to just, you know, let people know what's I mean, up. that's just E.T. That's the <laughs> plot of E.T. E.T.'s like, please let me go. Shut up, you little bastard. <laughs> Ward off some spirits for once, you weak little shit. There's something really sad about... Uh, hyper-intelligent species coming down to Earth and us chaining him to a bike and he can't get away. Like, that's pretty pathetic. If he's smart enough to come to Earth, he should be smart enough to know I'm going to chain him to a bike. <laughs> that's you in court. In, in alien they let, court. They let me go? They're like, yeah, he, E.T. was a moron. Why do you think we sent him to Earth? You can keep him. He was banished from his home planet for being a king dumbass. I mean, like, because the, the real version of E.T. is the alien comes down comes down, and then we probably, like, mug him. Right. And beat him up and leave him somewhere. <laughs> like, that's what would have really happened. He lands in the wrong neighborhood. E.T. too? <laughs> lands in the wrong neighborhood, has to, like, Fast and the Furious style, like, earn street cred through drag racing. He, like, lands in an alley and it's like, uh... E.T. Phone home. You're a long way from home, buddy. <laughs> Absolutely start hammering him. Wailing on Taking his ray gun, taking his space money. Before long, the whole town now knows about the Golden Eagle and its killing spree. Some people believe the car is cursed. Others believe it's possessed by a demon. But one thing is for sure. This car needs to be taken off the road. <laughs> it is I'm a... glad we can all agree on something. It is a hazard to everyone in the town. So one night in 2010, a local church group snuck over... This thing is like 70 years old. So you can't kill what's already... What what had no life. I think it was like Jesus that said that, all right? So you know it's true. So one night in 2012, a local church group snuck over to Wendy's property, hitched the Golden Eagle to the back of a tow truck, and stole it from her. But this wasn't enough to ensure the end of this car's wrath. The group then chopped it up into separate pieces what? and distributed each piece to a different junkyard. This actually happened. So why did they want it gone so bad? People are dying. But it was just chilling in Wendy's yard at that point. I guess maybe they're still, she's still driving okay, it. Okay, she's driving every day. I mean, if, if, if people genuinely think that this car is possessed by a demon, a small town church group are going to have a problem with that, presumably. True. True, some kind of community watch, neighborhood watch kind of group, they could be uh, concerned. When Wendy woke, she was heartbroken. Her and her family had obviously become quite fond of the car in the time that they'd had it. The only person that hasn't killed so far is Wendy. It's very and selfish. Her family. Well, Wendy pleaded online to have her beloved family car returned to her. And through the magic of the internet, they were actually able to track down most of the pieces and assemble it back together. No! <laughs> 
<laughs> Who did that? The Satanists? <laughs> I guess there's like a warring factions in this town. Oh my god. How is that possible? Unfortunately, Wendy would continue to be harassed by the church who called her, quote, the sea witch of old Orchard Beach, and they repeatedly accused her of using dark magic to continue to curse the vehicle. Jesus. I don't know whose side I'm on at this point. Yeah. It should be the church, but this is it's pretty f***ed up. I mean, it seems like a jump to go from her car's been in an accident to she's a, what did you say, a, a sea witch? witch? A sea witch? I didn't even know that was a genre I've of witch. I've never heard that. That implies there's a land, well, I assumed every witch was a land witch. Are there sea wizards as well that we should know about? Can you explain to me what a sea witch is? Yeah, of course. They're sort of sleek looking fellers in the water, fins on either side, big long snouts on them, kind of go, you're describing a dolphin. Yeah, of course. I know they're beautiful, but don't give in to the urges. <laughs> when you see that blowhole, you're gonna... So you know it's a dolphin. You you don't think the witch has a blowhole. Now, this is basically where our story rounds off in terms of the journey of the Golden Eagle car. I did say halfway through that I left out some of the reported deaths. You did. Because I felt like... Look, we get this a lot in the paranormal world. There's an interesting and plausible story that essentially gets ruined by a few out of control comments. I can't wait to hear this. I can't wait. And this story is no exception. To think of all the shit we've come out with in the past and we've never given a, a, a warning like this, a disclaimer. So in the 1980s and 90s, as we mentioned, the car allegedly went on a bit of a rampage. At one point, a man simply touched the car at for a dare and later went on to murder his entire family and burn the house to the ground. At another point, the car was vandalized and the individuals involved started to die one by one. Some <laughs> how, were... How, you did this? What does that mean? How fast? Some were apparently one by one. decapitated by a car crash involving an 18-wheeler. Because everyone dies, and everyone dies arguably one by one, not at the same time. And allegedly up to four of them were hit by lightning. Allegedly up to four. That is some vague shit. Now, so I don't, even I... if any of it happened, <laughs> any number between zero and four might have happened. I don't know if this was four. Or individual bolts, or if this was some sort of direct, it just hit the ground and and zapped all four of them at once. It was like in a cartoon. They were out having, they were out having a Sunday morning brunch. Uh, beautiful clear skies, and then like in a cartoon, one one cloud about two meters across just flew over their heads, zapped all four of them, killing them instantly. As I said, you know, we get a great story, and then some of the details are just a little too outlandish. How dare you even bring these stories up? When interviewed about the car, Wendy herself said... I say, it's just a car that's been passed down in my family for years, and people are reading too much into the things that have happened to people around the car. Because, look at me, my family, my friends, we're fine, aren't we? If the car was hell-bent on killing everyone, well, why isn't everyone dead? Said the sea witch. She makes a good point. I mean, she feels confident enough, I guess, that the car is fine. I mean, kudos to her. I mean, in the same way that frickin' Voldemort thinks the dark arts are fine. <laughs> yeah. But because... he's the biggest sea witch of them all. Do you know how I know that? 
He doesn't have a nose. He doesn't have blowhole on the front of his face <laughs> not many people know this but voldemort actually has a blowhole between his butt cheeks <laughs> that's <laughs> jk rowling left that out of the books but it's part of the lore she's confirmed it since on twitter, on twitter. yeah yeah if you don't believe us um check out the this paranormal life twitter account i mean the the whole thing is there we've got the receipts yeah we'll we'll, we'll show you that jk rowling has confirmed it well, with the Golden Eagle now kind of half in pieces, half assembled, and in hiding, Wendy built a brand new car called the Dazzling Raspberry. If the Golden Eagle killed that many people, the Dazzling Raspberry might f- end the world. <laughs> it might be some sort of nuclear device. It's a WMD for sure. <laughs> the Dazzling Raspberry? Well, the Dazzling Raspberry is actually covered in 2.5 million beads, toys, buttons, marbles... And Wendy now uh, uses it to raise autism awareness. So fair play to you, Wendy, for turning around a bad thing. Well, you know, we got to clap that one out. Well done. Appreciate the hustle. I don't know if that makes up for killing 14 people. But I wanted to include this because, you know, a lot of times in paranormal cases, we reach that point where someone uh, is famous for their paranormal story and it's reached that point where they monetize it right you know they they start selling tickets to go see the faces on the, the house of faces yeah they write their own books and go to paranormal conventions they try to sell the uh their ranch their paranormal ranch for millions of dollars absolutely wendy here not only denies in interviews that she believes the car is haunted at all but with whatever clout she's gotten from the experience uses it for the greater good her social media post has gone viral. Instead of linking her SoundCloud in the comments, she's linking a charity. Be good to each other. Yeah. Yeah. Be awesome to each other. Remember to have a glass of water now and again. And hell, if that's what it takes to be a sea witch, then maybe I want to be a sea witch maybe too. Maybe we're all sea witches. Maybe we should all try to be sea witches. A little more salty. That's what I'm saying, brother. All right, Kit. Well, I've told you a little bit of the story and the history behind the Golden Eagle. Sure. The most evil car in America. Where's your head at? It is interesting, and it's interesting because it's a uh, it's a very very grand title, you know, most paranormal car in America. Mm. Because as we know, the world there's a lot of paranormal cars in the world. We don't always think about them, but you know, you've got my namesake Kit, uh, the car that was from Knight Rider. Yeah. If that's not a paranormal car, I don't know what is. It seemed to be sentient. It seemed to have a personality all of its own. Well, I think it I think Kit's vibe was that he was just like a hyper intelligent car. like he would, he'd been built by humans he to could be that talk smart. to Michael like he was his best friend. That's all I know. It had a mind of its own. <laughs> Granted, yeah, but I think it was given that mind by a scientist. Sure, sure. Uh, here in the UK, we had Brum. That was a car with a mind of now, its Brum own. Now, Brum should have been crushed immediately. Yeah, Brum. Brum <laughs> right off the show floor Brum into the incinerator. Was one of God's mistakes. <laughs> Brum needed to not exist. The fact that Brum was, in fact, given a platform, given a, a TV show all of his own, yeah. is very disturbing. I think the original creator um, is famous for that quote Now I have created Brum, destroyer of worlds. Yeah. I wish. Yeah. Which obviously, I mean, changed the the path of World War II entirely when Brum hit the scene. In terms of paranormal shit, we have the f***ing car from Back to the Future. Yep. That's pretty up there. Yeah. Well, again, I think it was more of a science one than Mm. a... 
closet. I mean, I know, <laughs> I know Christopher Lloyd basically looks like a stock image that would appear if you Googled wizard, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure uh, he was just as, I mean, his name was Dr. Emmett, Emmett Brown. He was a scientist who I think created the car that was able to go back to the future. I'd be pretty disappointed if the way that car operated was magic. This is part of the lore. This is what I'm saying. Okay, so actually on second thoughts, it's not as much of a crowded field as I thought it might have been right off the bat. Seems like most of the cars I mentioned were... uh, Mostly science. Just regular cars. Uh, But this one definitely has a cursed past. It has double figures levels of deaths to its name. Oh, yeah. um, Over many, many decades. The fact that this thing is still going after so many years is kind of... Uh, suspicious. It is strange, isn't it? I mean, I think if you get to the point where a local church group feels the need to kidnap and disassemble it, I mean, that that speaks some truth to how cursed this thing really is. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest and now... This thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm -hmm. All right, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here? Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for BetterHelp together. Give it a shot, and whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. You know, me personally... I haven't had a lot of experiences with cursed cars before. I've actually only ever had two cars in my life. And the only one I ever had problems with was, which I think you've driven in before. Do you remember the silver one that I used to have? Thunder? Yeah, I had. that was my first car that yep. we we uh, we called Thunder mm-hmm. after the uh, Pokemon move. Of course. <laughs> because it would only work 60% of the time. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, essentially, I don't know what was wrong, but it was something with the ignition so we used to get into the car and then we would all take turns to guess how many takes it was going to take to start the car up, <laughs> to start up old thunder. But that was just a car that was a little run down. And yeah. we saw this a little bit with a Golden Eagle, you know. I mean, doors coming unlocked is a bit of a red flag. 
Yeah, but it does beg the question. This is like an easy story to write off because it's a car, and we don't normally associate cars as being haunted, like yeah. houses are. But in a house, that that's textbook haunted activities: doors opening and closing. Very true. But for some reason, when it happens in a car, that's just oh, I guess it's malfunctioning. Yeah, exactly. Oh, the steering wheel locked up. Like oh, the the engine's overheating. Oh, car problems. <laughs> oh, the radio is uh just turned on its own, and uh, now it's just doing a satanic incantation. Weird car Weird. problems. Hashtag car problems. Better take it to quick fit. <laughs> Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I think we're we're a lot used to the um the notion of a haunted house. You know, any sort of vehicle can really be cursed. I mean, we we've talked about cursed boats before. We've talked about um, ghosts on a plane. I think it's surprising that it's taken us this long to get to a haunted car. And hell, where do we go from here? Haunted bikes, haunted skateboards, anything's possible. Truly, in the world of the paranormal, at least. But unfortunately. That is too ambiguous an ending, saying that <laughs> all things are paranormal. That it's possible to haunt a mode of transport. We need to come down on a firm answer to this. So, given the information that I have provided to you today, Kit, where is your head at in terms of this cursed car? So the way I see it is, like in all paranormal investigations, we have true or false. Is it truly paranormal or not? And like with this case, we have two paths in the road here oh nice we have like one this. that leads to paranormal highway where um ghosts are driven by demons and nicholas cage's ghost rider or whatever that f- movie was that's the norm yeah and then the other is regular real life as we know it because right now we're driving down the highway of life uh-huh all right more road more car stuff and there's there's a sign up ahead and it says half mile from here turn off for paranormal freeway and by all accounts there's enough gas in the tank to take us right right from paranormal freeway all the way into some sort of alternate cursed dimension is this still a conclusion do you remember why you started the sentence and granted that road that turnoff is paved with dozens of dead bodies okay seems to be that uh this paranormal car uh, is on a rampage of course so paranormal car so you're edging towards you're edging towards the paranormal And one. yet, All right. if we don't turn off, the road that we're on leads straight to regular, boring-ass real life. And, and you know what's at the end of that road? What? Is, is the, to you? Is the, is the fact, <laughs> fact that Wendy is just a shitty driver. Okay. I feel like this is the elephant in the room. Is <laughs> so, so those are the two roads, but, but you haven't told us which one we're going down yet. It's Schrodinger's road, man. We could take either both. That's not a that's not a conclusion though. We need to take one road. Because the elephant in the room is that Wendy has owned this car for decades. Yeah. And by all accounts, this thing has killed year on year. Very uh, true. To the point where her community are trying to intervene to stop her from driving. I don't think this woman even has a driving license. I think this thing's illegal as all hell. By all accounts, the doors are falling off it, have been for decades. None of the shit works. Steering crapped out years ago. And yet this thing is still being driven every day by Wendy. Yeah. So it's possible that this thing is paranormal. But what's more likely here? I'm starting to think that Wendy... Sucks at driving. I don't want to put it too much on Wendy because as we said, I mean, this car shouldn't be on the road. I mean, whether groups in this town have taken it upon themselves to destroy the car because it is cursed 
or because it is just genuinely a hazard to society that this mm. old, decrepit, dangerous death mobile is roaming about the streets at 50 miles an hour. Again, I flip-flop back and forth between Wendy and these these rogue mobs. That's right, between uh, Paranormal Freeway and regular... Um, it's a side Regular road. life highway. Regular life high. But... If I have to make a decision, I think I just needed something a little extra on the paranormal side. I need someone to say that they saw the car start by itself out of nowhere. Yeah, we need to see this thing at a crossroads at 1 a.m. with no, no one behind one, the wheel. Exactly. Or maybe a bit more of a traumatic backstory. You know, maybe. Like I say, the ancient hieroglyphs scratched on the inside of the the bonnet exactly anything like that and i think would tip me over into the sorry steer me over to paranormal town thank you yeah um because that would just put enough uh spooky gas in the tank and i'd get that indicator going because that would be an indicator that this thing is paranormal so i think i'm just gonna have to take regular old town road down here with paranormal city in my rear view I think it's an. I, I think it's normal. I don't think it's paranormal. Is what I'm trying to say. I was trying to do your thing, but I feel like I should just do my thing. It's not paranormal. I think it's just a normal car that's very dangerous. I think we're in complete agreement here. Okay. Okay. That's a bummer. But hey, thank you so much to Brandon Gage for emailing in that suggestion da, 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 da. to this paranormal life podcast at gmail.com. Thanks, Brian. guys and gals. If you would like us to investigate a paranormal story. Uh, that you have either heard about or you've experienced yourself, you can email that in to the email address that I just mentioned, and we will definitely take a look at it. And as always, we don't run any ads on this podcast, because as soon as you let the MIBs and the moneymakers at the top stick their grubby little hands in, in your art... Uh, which is what this show is. This is what this is, high art. They start manipulating stuff. They start doodling over your masterpiece. They start saying, hey, why don't you throw some brown in there and some fluorescent green? And you can't say no because they're paying you. We get paid by the people, for the people, when the people want. And sure, sometimes the people tell us what to do. Yeah. Granted, they, they demand via email what we have to cover and we can't say no we absolutely cannot say no. and sometimes those people are executives who work for large companies right, or right, are right. involved in higher up branches of the government and sure sometimes we're uh, locked into a years-long contracts where we have to churn out a number of episodes every single month yeah and i am also obliged every hundred episodes to mention chompies at least three times <laughs> whoa call back call back to chompies the cereal that never gave up <laughs> the cereal that never gave up, that never goes off. That's right. We have a warehouse full of the shite. <laughs> it's never out of season. It's never out of date. Oh, Gavin from Chompy's on the line here. He says, uh, just by a text, don't call it shite for starters. Oh. No problemo, Gavin. No more calling Chompy's shite. But to keep this podcast fun, free from those grubby little fingers, we do a little thing called Patreon. Where from as little as, ooh, maybe two or three dollars a month. I never remember which is the <laughs> lowest one. From as little as one of those, you can get your name shouted on the podcast. And then at five dollars, we have bonus episodes. Guys, Ching. let's be honest. What are you doing five dollars a month? That's the kind of thing you don't even realize is gone. On a windy day, if you see like five bucks blowing, you kind of give it a second thought. Like, oh, maybe I should... Oh, it's... No, never mind. It's it's gone. Right. It's not worth running down the street after. You might look feel a little embarrassed if you ran down the street after five bucks. Exactly. But 
if you were to scrumple up that $5 note uh, and throw it into the ocean, and then a USB drive popped out of the ocean with a brand new episode of This Paranormal Life on it, that's a good deal. That's a great deal. You gotta provide your own USB drive, though. You, you, you gotta, will, yeah. You throw the USB drive to, into the ocean, and we'll throw it back with a brand new episode on it. And we don't do change either. So <laughs> if you if you have to throw a twenty in, you're not you're that's, not getting four seventy five percent tip right there, brother. Because <laughs> we're greedy little sea witches, we want it all. We're hanging out with Wendy <laughs> under under the sea. <laughs> please uh, go check out the Patreon. Uh, it helps us uh, keep this show going uh, and helps us keep making bonus content, which we love and giving you guys more episodes. And as we said, if you do give us a little money every month, you get your name shouted out right at the end of the podcast. So thank you to Olivier Lutz. Huh. Just like the saying, live and let Olivier. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> this guy this guy is pretty much the polar opposite of Wendy behind the wheel. This guy is letting everything Olivier its own way. He's driving at 90 and then coming to a screeching halt to stop for a beetle crossing the road. So he refuses to kill. He refuses to kill anything. I mean, everyone should. I, you're building it up like that's something really noble. Are you, are you, gonna, much- are you going to career off the road endangering the lives of everyone on the motorway to save a bug so he's endangering other lives of though. course you're like he killed four to avoid that beetle actually he's racked up more deaths than <laughs> wendy let's be honest but thank you anyway for your support it's pretty noble thanks thanks also to michael hendry michael hendry we dependry on your support nice we we hit michael up on venmo like four to five times a morning and uh <laughs> He almost never replies. Uh, he pretty much did it once a couple of years back, and we've been trying to milk that sucker dry ever since. Yeah, you think you guys are getting bled with this once a month bullshit? No, we hit this guy up on the regular, on my birthday, on my half birthday, quarter birthday, Christmas, half Christmas. What's a quarter birthday? It's a quarter of the half to my birthday. It's a half of the half to my half birthday. I know less than I did two seconds ago. <laughs> Explains why he didn't give me a f-ing present for my my half half birthday. So on your deathbed, notebook style, it's revealed that he gave you a present every single time. They were just being kept from you in a massive pile because it was so weird. The post office thought it was absolutely a bomb. Like no one gives someone a quarter birthday card. Please <laughs> incinerate all of this. We thought you were in ISIS. <laughs> Thanks, Michael. Thanks. Thanks also to Jay Armstrong. Remember when kids would buy like a Stretch Armstrong? Yeah. Well, this was the toy that followed it. A Jay Armstrong. This wasn't really very stretchy at all. In fact, it was it was incredibly rigid. Oh. Um, but you could you could kind of crank the arm back and uh, use it to to punch other children. Oh wow. In like fights and things. Yeah. It was discontinued Presu- almost yeah, that immediately. That would have been taken off the shelves. Yeah. Because it also weirdly it was very rigid, but still also filled with gel, which it goes without saying would explode on first contact. Oh yeah, I'm just googling that now. The tagline on the box was "Punch your fellow boy." That's insane. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know why they thought that would sell. Well, Jay, weird namesake to have. I'm sure you and your father made a fortune from liquidating the uh, Armstrong company. So glad to see you're giving us some of that. Thanks also to Julian Hug. Julian, from the support you're giving us, you deserve more than a hug. One date, any city, any restaurant you want, Julian. 
That's what you get from the from the amount. I'm looking at it here. Oh shit, he just messaged back. Singapore, no boot. I don't think we can afford that, bro. Shit. Julian, have you been to London, my friend? They, they just got a new five guys by the house, Julian. Do you like Nando's, Julian? They do Cajun fries, Julian, and I will pay. Well, I, we'll go splitsies. Have you ever eaten? I'm actually a little short this much, Julian. I'm gonna need you to front this one from me. He's like, this meal is like a fraction of what I give you every month to make the podcast. You're gonna have to cover this one, Julian. I need breakfast too. Let's stop by a Tesco to get a meal deal. This is breakfast. I mean second breakfast. Thanks also to Jose de Luna. Jose, can you see? Jose, I have a very interesting offer for you, my friend. I want to take you out for drinks. Any city, any place, any time. Just you, just me, just Kit, and you're paying, Jose. And sure, I got enough cash in this wallet to pay for the whole thing. The flights, the hotels, the drinks. But, you know, this is your thing. This is your reward. I don't want to take that away from you. You should be able to pay for the the night the whole night you know maybe we go like to vegas or something afterwards on your dime obviously it's his thing so he should pay he i want him i want this to be his, that's thing. his reward if you think i'm gonna pay no way jose that's what i'll tell him i don't think jose's gonna take that very well <laughs> he actually just paid for his half and left the restaurant um <laughs> the waiter comes over to me please tell me your name is jose sir no it's michael shit he actually paid for his half left and on the way i alerted the waiter said those guys don't have any money call the police nah they will try to run the police were it was a sting operation they were waiting at the back door <laughs> after the shit we pulled with the last guy <laughs> the, after the shit we pulled at french laundry napa valley one of the most expensive restaurants we could possibly choose thank you jose for your support thanks also to Kristen armstrong Another member of the Armstrong family. Wow, it is a true honor uh, to have your family of toy makers listening to this podcast. Now, obviously, when the company was liquidated, Kristen was resisting. She sold that bad boy to the U.S. military. What? That's right. They used to drop the Armstrong line of toys behind military lines where they would just hammer the Nazis. Really? What, Toy Story style? I didn't realize they were animated. (laughs) Yeah, it was... It was a mix between the Armstrong line of toys uh-huh. and then a bunch of other toys that they had kind of like Sid from Toy Story style mashed together. Sure. Like this spider with a baby's head. Of course. That weird shit just threw it. Um, and the war was over almost immediately because uh, that's not something you, you're trained to handle on the battlefield. That spider with a baby's head single-handedly took a couple of really major uh, hold points. Yeah, it really turned the tide of uh, the war so thank you for your your service thanks also to Mikael L. Gentry wow Mikael L. fell down a well to hell and uh, popped out the other side uh, somewhere in Australasia he was a pretty chill guy before but after you abandoned the rhyme thing so fast <laughs> well I wasn't trying to rhyme this is just the facts this is, oh so what happened this isn't like a weird nursery rhyme of course oh jeez is he okay no <laughs> He used to be a chill guy. He doesn't talk anymore. He saw some pretty effed up things done. He there. fell down a well to hell? Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry, Mikkel. I hope you're well. He isn't swell. Thanks also to Andrew Steen. Whoa, it's Andrew the Steam Train. Steam, 
Justin. Choo choo. He's a lean, mean fighting machine. He's a heavyweight titleman. He's called the Steam because uh, he's world class heavyweight for exactly one punch. Wow. And then he is out of Steam. <laughs> So bad stamina, really, for Terrible a Terrible stamina. But if that punch connects, he Ooh. could knock out the best of them. Wow, that is such an impressive record to have. Mike Tyson, a bear, put anything in front of them. He will knock it out, unless he misses, in which case he's done for. He's obliterated. I mean, the bear would rip him to shreds. Oh, yeah, he'd be dead. Because he's, he, he's lost all the, the state, all his steam. And granted, in fights, he is uh, he's uh, 0 to 14. He like His record is not good. Oh, no, no. Because the amount of power that he has to focus into one fist draws out from the rest of his body so his legs kind of go his vision narrows to a pinpoint so so it's actually really hard to hit that him him trying to make that punch is very much luke skywalker trying to take down the death star (laughs) he has to focus all of his energy and training on making that connect yeah. And if it de- doesn't, it's the end of his universe. It's, it's the absolute end of him. And he hasn't he hasn't made it yet. He hasn't made the connection yet. But when he does, it's going to be a big, it's going to be a big hit. Earth shattering. And when you do, we will be at the MGM Grand Casino to celebrate. Andrew, let's do it. Your dime, your winnings, of course. Yeah, of course. Thanks also to Olivia Powell. Olivia uh, sounds like she might be similar to Olivier in his kind of live and let live attitude. Yeah. Not at all. Olivia is a cold-blooded murderer. Oh, yeah. Foul Powell, they call her. (laughs) Anything that, you know, comes to life, she has to bring it to death. She has to end it. A beautiful caterpillar becomes a butterfly. Smushed. Anything, just anything gets her. Yeah, just like a a, a leaf on the ground. She has to smush it. Smush it. With her foot. But weirdly, she has an affection for this show and this podcast. Please don't smoosh us. Please keep us alive. And thank you for your support, your life support. Thanks also to Ryan Griffin. If it isn't Ryan Grifting Griffin, (laughs) he's always engaged in some sort of small-scale swindle. Little scam, little sneaky bastard. For a name like Griffin as well, such a magnificent, magnificent mythological beast, you should have some class, Grifton. But your honesty, like the Griffin itself, is just a lie. It's a legend. It's fake. But thank you we're for go, taking we're, some we're of that. We're absolutely annihilating Ryan here. But thank you for taking some of that scheme money yeah. and throwing it our way. If you need help with schemes and scams and other things that would give us more money, let us know. We have no problem with scams or grifting. Because just like Nessie, our honesty also doesn't exist. <laughs> so get in contact, please. Thanks, lastly, but not leastly, to James Drain. James, if it wasn't for you, I would have drained my bank account dry. But that little trickle that you give me every month, those little droplets, they keep this flower blossoming. And I hope it's not a pain drain, you know? Because I don't think you're insane to give us this, there's no word for money that rhymes with drain. And I'm only realizing that now. Blang. (laughs) That sweet, shiny blang. So thank you, James Drain, for the blang. And thank you so much to everyone that we shouted out. If you're waiting on your shout out, don't worry, folks. It's coming. We got a little bit of a backlog, but we're powering through them. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of This Paranormal Life. 
We'll be back next week with a paranormal tale. But until then, remember to live fast, investigate, and die young, baby.